increase our faith. There's an old joke that if you ask God for more patience, he's going to send you a really annoying person. Right? And so if you ask for faith, get ready because you're probably going to encounter some difficulties. And, and yet, we precisely, we, we want faith because it's so hard. There's, there's a way to read this gospel that is not helpful. Um, sometimes we, when I hear this gospel, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you would say, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it would happen. And I've never done that, so I feel a little judged, like maybe, maybe I don't have enough faith. But that's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying... It, it doesn't take much. Jesus is saying, if you have just a little, that's enough. That, that God can work with that. And, and sometimes we feel like all we have is a little. In, in our first reading, we hear this cry of frustration and despair. And maybe, maybe we resonate that with to this today. Where the prophet Habakkuk says, how long, O Lord? I cry for help, but you do not listen. I cry out to you violence, but you don't intervene. Why do you let me see ruin? Why must I look at misery? How many of us have felt at times that we see all this bad stuff happening, and it feels like God's doing nothing? Like, God, this is hard. Where are you? But the prophet continues, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write down the vision clearly upon the tablets so that one can read it, easily, read it readily. For the vision, it still has its time. It presses on to fulfillment and will not disappoint. If it delays, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not be late. He goes on to say, the rash one has no integrity, but the just one, because of his faith, shall live. And so we hear this contrast between the rash one and the just one who keeps going by faith. I'm tempted to be the rash one. Um, yesterday I was, I was playing basketball in the HLC, some pickup games, and... Um, our team, we were, we were winning, and yeah, we were doing okay, you know? And so the other team, this guy, they had a fast break, and he tried to pass it to his buddy, I think, but he totally missed him, and the ball hit the wall, and so we get the ball, and we're about to pass it in, and, and the dude that passed it, he was done. He, he was walking across the gym. He, we, we, we were just standing there watching it. We're like, we're over here, you know, like, and... And so he went and he got his bag and he just like walked out of the gym in the middle of the game. And I don't know, maybe, maybe he had to like go feed his fish or something. But like, <laughs> I, but there, I think he was frustrated and he just said, I'm done. And, and I know that voice in my own life. And it feels like it's the answer sometimes. When I'm just at my wit's end when I'm tired, and I say, I don't need this anymore. And I want to just pull eject 
and whatever's going on, I'm just done with. I don't know if you can relate to that. It's, it's a rash decision, and it, it's not the voice of the Lord. It's the voice of the evil one that says, you know, it'd be all easy if you just did this, if you just walked away. It's, it's the temptation in the garden to Jesus of like, you don't have to do this. You don't have to take your cross up. You know, if you just put your cross down, it would be so much easier and you can walk away. So what are we supposed to do? What I've learned for myself is I start to recognize that voice. And sometimes it hits me quick and I react before I can catch it. But as soon as I can catch it, I go, wait. Throwing in the towel is never the answer. That's what the evil one wants me to do. My God, what, what you're inviting me to do is to keep my legs moving. That precisely when I want to drop the class, drop out of college, quit the job, quit the relation. I mean, all these things, that, that the invitation is actually to turn back to the Lord and say, Lord, I feel overwhelmed. I feel frustrated. I feel like the light of hope has left me. And what are we, what are we reminded in that moment? First, uh, 2 Timothy 2.13 says, If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. That no matter where I'm at with my own faithfulness, that God is always right there. And God is always inviting me to keep going. He never forces me. But he invites me. And as I, as I step into the darkness where hope feels so small, that it's precisely by stepping into that place that my faith grows. That it's precisely in that difficult moment that I grow. The, that the moment I want to walk out the door, but I choose to just keep going forward, I actually grow the most. You know, two months ago, our bishop, Bishop Olmsted, retired because he, he turned 75. And one way I kind of like encapsulate Bishop Olmsted's um, service as a bishop was we, you may know, he, he's very pro-life. And he even describes it this way that the year he was ordained a priest was when Roe v. Wade happened. And then now, the year that he retires as a bishop Roe v. Wade is overturned. And so his entire priestly service is marked by this topic that I think a lot of people felt like, man, this is never going to get overturned. This feels hopeless. And yet Bishop Olmsted for me is a model of, I'm not going to stop simply because things aren't happening the way I want them to. That I feel called to walk this journey and to speak for those who cannot speak for themselves, our brothers and sisters that hopefully one day will be able to see the light of day, will be able to, drink, or to breathe air and drink water and go hiking and experience life to the full, that I'm going to keep going because I have a little bit of hope that it, it's worth it and then maybe it'll happen. And then, and then it happened. That, that, that he and so many other pro-life people 
they didn't necessarily keep going because they had strong faith. They developed strong faith because they kept going. Does that make sense? They developed strong faith by persevering when maybe it felt dark at times. And I think this applies to different areas and follow me on this connection. On Friday I was with the missionaries and we were walking through campus and um, praying a rosary, just praying for students that they would know God's peace and love and all that stuff. And there were some students, they were writing with chalk on the ground and and they were writing about a, a reproductive rights rally. Now, I was tempted to talk to them, but, um, and I probably could have, but because the thing is, I'm all for reproductive rights. I think men and women should be able to have as many babies as they want. I, I think the one-child policy that was in China, I, I think it was wrong. I was against it. I said, but, but I, I think actually when people say reproductive rights, I think what they're really saying is anti-reproductive rights. That we're there against reproduction. That, that they're actually for abortion rights, which is a euphemism. I, went, I looked up the word. I'm like, I wanna, am I using that word right? A euphemism? So I looked it up. Webster says a euphemism is a word substituted because the original word is too harsh or blunt when referring to something unpleasant or embarrassing. And so people who want abortion aren't even willing to say that. And so there's a big mentality out there of we want sex without babies. And in my opinion, I was like, well, hold on a second. You don't get it. In order to have babies, you, you have sex, you know, that the two are connected. Trying to separate it is like trying to say, I, I don't want the calories. I just want the food. Or I, don't, or I want the degree. I don't want to study, read, write, or do exams. I want to get stronger, but I don't want to lift weights. But all these things are connected. Sex is connected to babies. Food is connected to calories. Studying, writing, exams are about learning and getting a degree. And getting stronger is connected to lifting weights. Just as growing in faith is about going through struggles. That if we want strong faith, we have to have struggles. I mean, I don't want struggles. I actually like it, my life easy and comfortable, but then I don't grow. We grow the most when the light ahead is faint, and yet we choose to keep walking. We stay faithful as the Lord's servants to our God who is generous and faithful, our God who comes to serve us and strengthen us, our God who is willing to do whatever it takes to increase our faith.